Good morning, Delaware. Welcome to Off the Shelf. It's great to have you here. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, George. How the heck are you? I'm happy to see sunshine this week. <laughs> yeah, isn't it nice? It's sort of like a, a taste of spring. Yes. I'm really looking forward to not having icy, ugly, dirty snow in my front lawn. Oh, it's not the most pleasant thing. No, it really isn't. And you know what is pleasant? Our guest today? Our guest today, yes. Our ge- <laughs> is our, it our guest today? I, I thought that was a, a good segue. Good morning, Josh. Well, good morning. This is Josh Battenhorst from uh, Bright Star Theater Company, and we are delighted to have you here, and we are delighted to have your company coming to visit us uh, not once but twice in the next few weeks. So uh, we're really happy to have you here, and uh, so welcome. <laughs> well, well, thank you, George and Nicole. Thank you for having us. Um, we're very excited to be traveling to your area, and um, we actually have five tours on the road right now wow. traveling to various parts of the country. And some of us are here in Asheville, where our headquarters oh. are producing shows virtually for shows for schools um, this week. Um, uh, we have a group that we have been partners with for a long time, the Savannah Black Heritage Festival from Savannah, Georgia. And they are hosting us virtually to all the schools in Savannah, Georgia this week. So we're, we're really excited to, uh, with, to be back out doing shows, but also still doing virtual stuff as well. So yeah, uh, thanks for having us. We're incredibly excited to have you, um, and and you you did your own perfect introduction because my first question out of the bat was going to be tell us a little bit about Bright Star uh, Touring Company. Absolutely. So Bright Star, we have been around for a long time. Actually, we are in our nineteenth year. Uh, the founder and owner of the company is David Ostergaard. He started the company. And we did the math by counting on our fingers because it's always weird when you go like over decades and how do you how do you count it? But he <laughs> his first show was in 2003. So if you if you like count on your fingers, once you get to 2022, you're in your 20th uh, year. Yeah. And so yeah. next year will mark our 20th season uh, of doing shows because our first show was in the 2003-2004 school year. So anyway, it worked out to being the 20th season. I think you might even get to celebrate 20, 20th twice if you want to. <laughs> uh, but we're, we've been going on for a while. and uh, Yeah, that's longer than a lot of marriages last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and um, we will be performing, like I said, we're back to five companies when, when COVID hit. We had 10 tours out on the road at that point in time, just kind of partially because we still had a bunch of Black History tours out on the road going to different places. But we also, March is Women's History Month, Mm -hmm. and we had a couple of Women's History tours out on the road as well when we were, uh, when when COVID hit. And so at that time, we had 10. So uh, we're we're halfway back, is the way we think about it right now. (laughs) Wow. So when when you talk about these troops being out on the on the road, how many people are you talking about? What kind of uh, technical setups? I yeah. mean, that, that's that's a, a lot of people, right? It it is over the course of the year. We now it's only two people at any on any one tour. Okay. So that and we do it that way for a couple of reasons. One is to just keep the costs down so that we can tour to schools and libraries and museums and. Um, you know, and keep it affordable for them because those are not uh, well-funded places a lot of the times, and they need so their budgets are 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 you know appropriate for the size of the venue and things like that. So that's why we have uh, two actors travel on in our tours. We put them in bands. Uh, our model is one band, two actors, three shows, forty-five minutes each. So it's like one, two, three, four, five. Nice. And, uh, so, yeah. 
so the actors come to us and they learn all three shows that they tour with and then we they come in for only a week of rehearsal so they get the script when things are going well about a month and a half ahead of time when things get really tight uh sometimes that they only get the script a couple of weeks ahead of time so the <laughs> actors are like going, whoa okay here's you know a hundred you know over two hours of material to learn and they always do it somehow i'm always amazed by how actors can adapt and learn and and, and make things work for them and we throw costumes on them and we rehearse and, and rehearse and then we send them out the door and they travel for anywhere from six to 10 or even longer weeks out on tour. Oh, wow. So the actors that are going to be coming to you guys next week, I think start, they were the first group that went out on the road. So they've been traveling since really the second week in January, uh, going around places. And Boy, the, uh, they, the, those two actors better really like each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, you, you become very close, whether you become friends or not is kind of a, a different question, but you do become very close with another person when you travel like that. Well, you've got a whole, a whole boatload of shows that are, are on tour. You mentioned, you know, you've got ones that mm-hmm. came from black, black history month, women's history month. Um, the one that's coming to us on this coming Monday um, is African Folk Tales. So is it mostly historical shows? And how do you, who write, are you writing the content? How are you finding the content for them? Sure. So over 20 years, you write a lot of shows. So mm-hmm. that's, one, that's one answer to that question. Um, so the Black History shows really started out of some questions that David and his partner at the time were receiving as they were taking their shows because they started with anti-bullying shows really Mm -hmm. and as they came around they're like do you guys have anything that we could do for for Black History Month Uh, there's not a lot in the curriculum to support it and we would love to get you know some shows and so David at the time partnered with a couple of local actors that were interested in touring and they wrote our first Black History show, Heroes of the Underground Railroad. And um, <clears throat> so that show started in 2004. And then very soon they got some requests to do some more um, Dr. King-focused work. So we wrote a Meet Dr. King show mm-hmm. and Struggle for Freedom, which is a, li- a little bit older version of the same story. Um, and got then started getting approached to do something about music. And so that's, that's really, or something, and then something about Africa. So, so really that's kind of how it happened. Uh, Jackie Robinson, like, you know, people show interest and they ask, Hey, could you do something about this person or that person? Uh, we partnered way back in 2015 with, um, the national park service and did a tour of all of the national parks in the Midwest, which includes the, um, the, uh, the, the, the home side of George Washington Carver. So that, that was kind of like where we started the show, George Washington Carver and Friends, was to kind of accommodate some work there. And um, so, you know, that, that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. We, we got approached by a group um, in our headquarters in Asheville, North Carolina, which is very close. to It's the ancestral home of the Cherokee Indians. Okay. And we uh, have recently partnered with the Cherokee Historical Association, who's interested in doing some shows about Cherokee heritage and history. And, uh, and so we're, you know, we're very excited. And, and that's how it happens is that you start working and you do shows and then people ask, 
well, can you do this? Right. Can you do this? And so you start, you, you add on. Well, they only ask you if you can do this if they like what you've already done. So mm-hmm. obviously you've been have a lot of, having a lot of success with, with what you've been doing. I, I think so. And a lot of companies have come and gone over the years, and, and COVID was brought its own challenges to the company. But I think we're, you know, we pride ourselves on having high-quality shows, accurate historical shows, and also um, shows. all of our shows have a strong character message that, mm-hmm. you know, students can make a difference, that the choices that they make are important, that the choices that they, uh, you know, how they treat each other is very important. And really, I think that that's what resonates more than anything, is that we we have a responsibility with each other and to our community to treat each other kindly and with respect and with dignity and um, and those are the stories that we try to tell. So tell us a little bit about what we're going to see uh, at the program coming up this week. It's the African Folktale Show. Uh, so what 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 are we going to see? Yeah, so African Folktales is a story about two, you know, in the concept of the show, the actors are uh, students, and they have been given the challenge of doing a, uh, a presentation. And uh, the audience shows up and, and uh, kind of catches our, our actors by surprise <laughs> as they are preparing. And they um, sort of on the spot deliver the information that they've done. And what, you've thought, what you'll find out is both of these actors have a, a connection to Africa, uh, either by, their, by very recent heritage in, in our concept, one of the uh, characters, uh, their family is recently moved and immigrated from Uganda because we wanted to tell the story that you know, not everybody that is of African heritage came at the same time mm-hmm. in America. There's yes. still there's still immigration that's coming from Africa, and uh, and you know a lot of uh, you know back and forth of of cultural uh, sharing that's happening. And so we wanted to tell some of that story and represent it in, in the story. And so one of the characters has, has recently his family recently immigrated, and then one of the characters, their family um, was was enslaved at, at a certain time, and so. We tell we tell both of those stories kind of through this, and then they and they tell their connection to Africa and the African continent, and then we tell a lot of different stories from different cultures from different parts of Africa. I think there's maybe five stories total. Some of them happen pretty fast over the course of 45 minutes, mm-hmm. um, and some of them are kind of like pourquoi tales, which are these tales from Africa that kind of just tell you you, you the Rudyard Kipling sort of like stole the idea of like you know the. <laughs> Uh, how those stories or how did this come to be? So th- that's a, that's the type of story that comes along. Uh, we have an, a, a very uh, famous Anansi story. So that's that's one of those four quadrilles of how Anansi, how the spider guy is going legs. Um, well, I love Anansi stories. stories yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tell a story about how the elephant got its long nose and the giraffe got its long neck. So mm-hmm. those are and those are great stories for you know really younger students too. And uh, then there's a great Swahili story about how stories came to be. Um, which is a really cool story, and um, and I think you're going to love it. Our actors on the on the tour, they couldn't be. They're actually they're performing right now, so they couldn't record with this <laughs> right now. So yeah. uh, they got they that that's another thing. They got kind of a last minute booking. So um, so anyway, but Faith and Quinn are are, are lovely people and wonderful actors, and you guys are going to really enjoy the show. I well, think I think so. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us about Bright Star and about what we're going to be able to see coming up. Uh, this coming Monday, that is March 
24th. 21st? I'm sorry, February. February, not oh, goodness, March. Oh, yeah. goodness, We're all over the place. <laughs> yes, Monday, sir. February 21st, Thank 11 a.m., Thank you the Orange for... Branch Library. We'll come back, guys. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, you are going to come. you going to do it. Yeah, you're coming yeah. back in March to do the uh, uh, Rosa Parkinson Friends, so we're, we're looking forward to that, too. So we'll talk more about that uh, later in the uh, in the month so thank you very much josh for being with us and thank you so much for for doing this great work so uh we appreciate it and if uh our uh and (laughs) i used to be able to talk this language what what are you getting at what i'm trying to get at is stay tuned because we'll be right back to talk about a couple of books that are coming up and some other events that are happening at the library so stay tuned and welcome back to off the shelf we want to thank again josh uh Bettenhorst, the CEO of Bright Star Touring Company, for being our guest this morning. Uh, Josh is, we've, uh, we were just saying what a great radio guest he is. Uh, mm-hmm. you wind him up and let him go because he just gave us lots of good information. So don't forget, they will be here next Monday, mm-hmm. uh, February 21st. 21st. 11 a.m. That date is just blocked in my head for some reason. <laughs> it's my mother's birthday. Oh, well. So I can't forget it. You better not. No. Yeah. So, okay, good. 65. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Shh. Nicole. <gasps> <laughs> You know, my dad or my mom always said that my dad was the perfect husband because he remembered her birthday but forgot her age. Right. No, she. So. I have no idea how old my mother is. <laughs> I feel like that's worse. I don't know. Yeah. And if that laugh you hear behind the uh, the other microphone is Bob Allen, who is sitting in as our engineer today. Thank you, Bob. I think this is a first for us in all these years. Hi, of being... kids. <laughs> I feel like we should be doing this at the Solar Saloon. Uh. <laughs> Come on by. Drinks are on you. Uh, thank uh. you. <laughs> Only if I'm particularly sloppy. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you heard our interview in the first half of the show, so we're going to use the second half of the show to talk about books and stuff that we've been reading. So what have you been reading recently? Well, I did this a couple months ago whenever I was ready to see Hades Town in my Broadway Across America series down in Columbus at the um, Ohio and Palace Theaters. The show that just came this past week was Come From Away. Oh, it was so good. I well, Yeah, you saw it. I saw it. Molly saw it. Uh, Shannon's. We had like, a handful of staff uh, members. Karen from the Friends saw it. Right. So, so many of us going big theater supporters we librarians and we library folk um yeah it was amazing you don't get much better theater than that i don't care if you're sitting in a front row seat in broadway oh my gosh or if you are you know anywhere because of community theater this was just one of the best theater experiences i've ever had right and so to okay so to give you context why i'm talking about come from away because the show's already come and gone so you can't go see it (laughs) um still available on disney plus not apple tv Apple TV. Yes, I'm sorry. You're Hamilton's right. yes. on Apple Disney+. Plus. Yeah, right. Apple yes. TV. That's why I spend too much money on streaming On all of the streaming yeah. services, right. Um, so there is a book that was published in 2002, so just a year after 9-11 happened, and it's called The Day the World Came to Town, 9-11 in Gander, Newfoundland. It's by Jim DeFeedy. And this is the story, um, and it's what the musical pulls stories from, um, as well as other interviews and other, you know, anecdotes and stories that happened in Gander, Newfoundland, you know, Canada on 9-11. So how in the world are we making a musical about Canada for 9-11? And the story is, is that uh, Gander, this town in Newfoundland, was basically created on the sole reason that it had an airport base. Mm -hmm. Um, It had a very long airstrip because um, back during World War II, there were flights that needed to make it across the Atlantic. And so this was uh, the place where the planes would refuel and then go the long journey across the Atlantic. And then basically after World War II, um, and the city built up around this this Air Force base or this this airport. 
And then after World War II, um, they tried to transform the airport into more commercial liners, more just typical jet airliners. And um, the planes evolved, and so they could hold more gas. And so the, the airport really wasn't needed as much anymore. So you have this town uh, in Gander, and today it really is only landing between, you know, 6 and 12 flights a day. And 9-11 happens, and the um, American government closes American airspace. It says uh, if you're in the air in American airspace right now, you have to ground your flight immediately. doesn't matter where you are. Or if you're coming into America. You can't land in America. Right. So what happens to those flights that are coming internationally uh, to America? Well, basically, their pilots had to make an immediate decision of I'm you know, past the halfway point. We're going to Canada or South America. Um, or I'm going to turn around because I have enough fuel to make it back from where we departed from. Well, the very first place that most of those planes are going to find their way into is Gander, Newfoundland. So this small town barely has a population of 10,000 people. And on 9-11, they landed 38 planes for a total of 6,595 passengers and crew members uh, in this town. So this town practically doubles in population overnight <laughs> because they can, because they have an airstrip that's able to to ground them. If you can imagine all of the other things that are happening on 9-11 as well. So you have, you have chaos. You have, um, you know, who do we trust? These flights that came into our airspace we couldn't trust. So these people who just landed in Gander, how can we trust them? So then these planes have landed, but the uh, American um, government is saying no one can exit the planes because we need to debrief them. So then you have passengers who are sitting on these planes for 28 hours sometimes from the start to the finish. Um, imagine some of the the needs that you might have 28 hours across a flight. Uh, one of my this the book The Day the World Came to Town by Jim Defeaty uh, tells all of these stories in such a fan, uh, fantastic way. It weaves them together um, in a narrative that makes a lot of sense. You fall in love with some characters and you really follow their story all the way to the end. Um, one of the funny anecdotes is you might want a smoke break after a really long <laughs> flight. And uh, they weren't letting anybody off the plane. But it also is 2002, so they're not letting people smoke on the plane. <laughs> and so the um, passengers are getting a little antsy. And the uh, you know captains, the flight pilots and captains, they're calling in and they're saying like, hey, Gander, uh, can you do something about these folks on our plane who really want a smoke break? So they call the local pharmacy and the local pharmacy brings nicotine patches. They're like, here, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> you know, you've got... Uh, other uh, planes where people, um, some pilots told their crew and passengers the news. They told them why the planes were grounded. Some pilots didn't. So some people are sitting on their planes 28 hours. They get off their plane and walk into the airport to see the news and find out what's happening for the first time. Mm. Um, yeah, because you got to remember, this was 2002. Not a lot of people had cell phones. Right. I mean, there was there was minimal communication. Um, the the sometimes even the pilots knew about what was happening, and they were like, "Well, do I tell the passengers?" the The crux of the entire story is how this tiny town of Gander, Newfoundland, came together to house nearly seven thousand people and do it without asking for anything in return. Mm -hmm. The kindness in their hearts, the openness, the uh, one of the women, uh, Beulah, um, who runs the local school, is like, oh, yeah, our local school can hold about 400 people. Uh, you know, they say, well, how 700? And she's like, <laughs> okay, well, we can make that work, too. You know, it was never no. It was never no out of their mouths. There were... Um, 
the pharmacist was finding out, you know, tell me who on your um, planes needs medication. I will make it happen. Um, the local um, SPCA, uh, Protection of Animals, they were, you know, okay, there have got to be animals on these flights. As it happens, there were two bonobos um, coming to the Columbus Zoo. And so she figures out how to care for the animals on the flights um, because they weren't letting people take out their baggage. Um, but the but the animals are in the undercarry. Yep. So it is... It is a great book. Um, if you have Hoopla downloaded, you can download the audiobook. It's read by Ray Porter, one of the best audiobook readers, and it's a six-hour audiobook. You can also just check out The Day the World Came to Town, 9-11 in Gander, Newfoundland by Jim Defeaty. Uh, you can also on Hoopla um, download the soundtrack, Come oh, From good, Away, good. and so you can download that. And then there is a, which I haven't made my way all the way through it yet, there is a like coffee table book called Come From Away, Welcome to the Rock, and it is the development of the musical um, and where they where they took some of their stories and the uh, progression of the of the musical. Sounds great. Yeah, it, I, was, it was terrific. I, I just like I said, I can't imagine a better theatrical experience than mm-hmm. the show was. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the reading list by Sarah Nisha Adams. If you were listening last week, you know I interviewed Sarah, uh, and you also know that she is going to be um, doing a, a Zoom author visit on the 22nd of February at 2 o'clock, 2.22 at 2. Um, And so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the book because it's a really good book. It's a nice book. It is a valentine to people who love reading, who love libraries. Uh, There are two lead characters, uh, Muhesh Patel, uh, who is a widower. He misses his wife deeply. She was a constant reader. Um, and he has three grown daughters who kind of dominate his life, uh, who think they're, they have to take care of him since their mother has died. He spends most of his days mourning his loss, avoiding other people, and watching nature documentaries, especially those narrated by David Attenborough on television. They're he the just best. loves those, the, yes. the, the National Geographic uh, documentaries. We have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> then he meets Alicia, who's uh, a kind of a disaffected 17-year-old. She has this crummy, at least she thinks it's a crummy summer job, working at a public library that the world's forgotten. Um, she has this older brother, Aiden, whom she adores, and the two of them are caring for their mother, who has become basically a hermit since her uh, her dad walked away. Um, and he, she's just become totally dysfunctional. So Makish and, and uh, Alicia meet when Makish uh, discovers a library book that his late wife had checked out but never had a chance to return. Um, they don't meet cute. Alicia's really rude to, uh, to him and makes uh, – just kind of makes his visit to the library not very pleasant. And so, um, but, you know, he walks out, forgets to return the book, and then uh, so he has to come back. And when he comes back, he not only wants to return the book, but he wants to find a way to start relating to his granddaughter, who is this constant reader, hmm. like his his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And so they both find this list of books. Then it says, you, these are books you really might need to read at some point. And so they both start in on the list, and that gives them a common ground to talk to each other and to kind of get back into society. And that's what the book is about. It's about how books can bring people together to act as a bridge between generations, between cultures, uh, and sometimes between your worst self and your better self. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not a perfect book. There's a, there's a number of extraneous characters I think she could have uh, easily extracted. Uh, there's a, a bit of unearned tragedy in the book that feels more like a plot device than it really developing around a a real character 
Um, and Alicia's and Aiden's mother is kind of way too far over the, the top in her abandonment grief. But overall, this really is a really nice diversion. It's a good book. It's about a book about the magic of books and reading. And it also kind of points up uh, the, the importance of libraries in making this happen. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm really looking forward. If you heard the interview with Sarah last week, you know she's a, an interesting person. I'm hoping we're going to get her to read a little more from the book so that you can get a better feel for it. And uh, I think you'll really uh, enjoy meeting her. And, and being part of that uh, that event. At, it is a fundraiser. There's a small charge for the tickets. Mm-hmm. We're also working with Fresh Start to have uh, like tea, uh, tea and crumpets. Absolutely. Uh, to have a little snack with it as well. So I, I hope you'll be able to check it out. We've got a couple of book clubs coming up at the library mm-hmm. this week. Uh, actually, all three of them are also on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing In the Sh- Shadow of the Banyan by Vetti Ratner at the book club that Pam runs mm-hmm. at the uh, the Delaware Library. And then both of the uh, the Powell and the Ostrander branch libraries are both doing the, the Four Winds. By Kristen Hanna. Yes, and I'll probably have a review for that in the coming weeks as well because I'm listening to that oh, one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, all right, so we are running a little bit out of time here, but we hope you will uh, come to the, the Friends event on Tuesday. I want to thank the Friends for their help. I want to thank Bob Allen for sitting behind the, the, uh, the board for us. My pleasure. Nicole, always a pleasure to do this. Yes, absolutely. And we will see you in the stacks. <laughs>